Okay, am I on? I'm going to use this uh, stand, but I'll try not to tear up the iPad that's up here. Um, yeah, we, uh, that's a little about me. Uh, it certainly doesn't tell the whole story. You know, you can share four or five sentences about, about anyone, and it either sounds incredibly good or incredibly bad. You know, you can anecdotal a story or two, and uh, occasionally I, I speak on prayer, and, you know, I can anecdotal a couple of answers to prayer, and people think, wow. That guy is such a man of prayer. Little do they know how I struggle day in and day out to be consistent with it. Now, we do have three children in our first wave of children, but we have a fourth child now, if you want to throw up that. Uh, so that's Sandy, and uh, we have a new addition, and uh, her name is Sugar. We hadn't had a dog for 30 years. And Sugar and I love one song that everyone else absolutely hates. And uh, she looks at me and wags her tail when I kind of hack through it a little bit. And uh, Sandy walks away. But it's sugar in the morning, sugar in the evening, sugar at supper time. You all know that song was by the McGuire sisters in the, in the late 50s and 60s. But uh, Sugar... So I was getting ready to uh, leave yesterday evening, and she knew uh, something was up when I pulled a, my roller suitcase down off the shelf, and she's really smart. She's one year old, and so the rest of the evening, she follows me around hanging on to my pants. So this is how I spent yesterday evening, dragging her along because she didn't want me to... She knew I was going to go. She didn't know where, obviously, but she, a suitcase means leaving. And, uh, but we, we've had a great time together. We, didn't have, we don't have any buyer's regrets, but uh, it's like uh, she's the classic lap dog. And uh, we had 11 inches of snow about three days ago, and she was out, you know, up to her, her well, she was almost covered up running around playing. But... Um, that's where I am currently, and I am so glad to be with you guys. I've known Melinda and Neil and Aaron, of course, Jeremy and Katie, too, for a, quite a while. Uh, you know, Neil has some OU blood in him, so we, we go back a ways. Uh, well, most of my blood is purple now. I, I had to wear my purple shirt. I probably won't wear it anymore, but, uh, you know, Kansas State is not a rival of USC, so I can get away with it. Uh, some places I can't get away with this with shirt, this shirt. But um, so I'm going to share uh, four talks with you. And I, I brought a set of notes with me. I, I know uh, Neil said that you have had some kind of some introductory things on, on coming to a conference or a retreat and how to get things out of it. This is the first set of notes I ever took in my life. And it was by a, a man named Gene War in, uh, February, on February 24th, 1967. And uh, Max Barnett, that some of you know, had just come to the campus ministry there, and he had a great friend uh, Gene War that came over. And this uh, talk is on having a daily quiet time. And 
uh, I, I could probably not do any better than just read his notes, but uh, I, I would just encourage you all, you know, it could be that uh, something could be said in these main sessions that would truly be transformational to you. And God is going to meet you here. And, you know, it could be primarily in the large group. Uh, I was reflecting over some of the words of the song, songs, and a lot of them dealt with uh, commitment and surrender. It could be that God would really capture your heart here in these large group meetings. It could be uh, in your smaller group time, uh, sitting around a table or as you get together in smaller groups. Uh, it could be when you're alone with God. Uh, that what, that's what happened to me on my first uh, retreat. I went out for, to be by myself, and I really met God, and it really was transformational to me. But uh, our prayer is that this week will be incredibly transformational to you, not just loading you up with information. Uh, Chuck and I were talking on the way up about how easily it is just to throw information at people. And uh, we don't enjoy doing that. I know Neil doesn't. You know, we'll have some content, but a lot of it is going to be in the context of, of stories, story of our life, and stories of people we know and love. And so I hope you can stay with us. Now, let me give you a, a little bit of a heads up. Tonight, I'm going to talk about my college years. I, I graduated from college in 1970, so I'm, what, 52 years removed from college, but it's as if I was there uh, yesterday. That's how real my college experience is to me and what God did. I'm going to share with, with you tonight that. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk about, so over these 50-plus years, how have I sought to stay engaged with God, because I got to tell you, is is uh, I read a book years ago. The title of it was "Many Aspire but Few Attain," and and it's really true. I've seen this play out in so many lives. They're they're really leaders. They're really involved in their campus group. They may go on a mission trip. They go on the spring breaks, and it lasts for a while, but it it just you just drift away from it. And you get involved with life issues, family issues, job issues, uh, extended family, health issues, and it's just easy to let it slip away, that first love for God. And so tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk about that, and I'm going to have uh, four points that, that I think if you will capture these years from now, it's going to really be a, a step forward in, in walking with God for your lifetime. Uh, the next message, let's see, that'll be tomorrow evening, will be um, on how you can uh, really learn to trust God better. I, I know a lot of you, just knowing this size of group, really struggle with, with trusting God. And you know what? Our life in Christ is really about faith. If you don't trust God, if you don't find him as trustworthy, then you can do whatever you want in the Christian life. You're not going to get very much traction on it. So that'll be um, tomorrow night. And then the last talk I'll do is on spiritual power. 
and uh, this will totally, this is totally not what you're expecting. I'll kind of blindside you on, on that one. And I've shared this talk, um, oh, in Florida and Oklahoma and Kansas, and uh, I think I even gave it out here years ago, and it, it catches everyone off guard, but it could be the, the key that every one of you need for the, the Spirit of God to begin to move through you, in you and through you as ever before. Now, the, um, the theme is pass it on. So a lot, a lot of what I'm going to be doing is the internal life, because if you don't, you know, as, as the Bible says in, in Matthew, let your light, which is in you, so shine before others that they may see your good works. But, but the light, the light of Christ has to be shining in you and not just activities out there. And uh, so I'm going to really address the internal life. There's a, a verse in, also in Matthew that says, first clean the inside of your life, and then you'll, you'll be able to work on the other things. So that's where we're headed on these talks. And tonight, let me um, get started with this. Now, when I arrived at OU, uh, I had no purpose I had no relationship with God. I had no vision. I had no friends that were walking with God. And so I was pretty much a basket case. I had lived for track. I was pretty good. I got second in the state in, in high school in the mile run, and I was offered a, a scholarship to OU. And uh, that's what I lived for. I wanted to uh, eventually, I did eventually graduate with social studies. I wanted to teach and coach. That was my goal. And, or I wanted to, to fly jets for the military, and uh, my eyes didn't quite meet the flight physical, so I didn't fly jets. But um, that's how I came to school. Now, when I was in college, there were four questions that I needed to answer, and I believe you need to answer these four questions too. And um, you may answer them a little bit differently than I do, a little bit different with, with your life, but, but I didn't even know these questions, but in retrospect, these are the four things that I needed to nail. And from 1965 to 1970, I began to grip on these four questions. Now, the first one is this. What place would God have in my life? And uh, because he didn't have a place when I arrived at college. Now, some of you tonight need to grapple with that question. And this is the story of surrender. And every one of you have a story of surrender. It may be weak. It may be anemic. It may be strong. It may be up to date. But, but you have a story of surrender, and if, if we had the time, you know, we could have every one of you walk up here and say, well, it may not be much, but here's where I am in surrendering my life to Christ. And so this is a story God wants to grow and to write in your life. And it could be this week that the story of your surrender could be the most critical point 
of transformation you ever face. God may do other things, but this, this may be critical. But, but for all of us, we need to grapple with this. And it's just not a one-and-done thing. Uh, I really met Christ uh, in Colorado. I, I had a job for the National Park Service in Estes Park, and I worked on a big yellow garbage truck all summer going up in the campgrounds throwing garbage or collecting garbage, not throwing it. And um, I, uh, one evening there was a high school group of, of young people, girls and guys, about probably they were 15 to 16 years old. They'd come up from Denver and it was, I believe, a, a young life group. And so they sat around the town square of Estes Park and sang kind of folk religious songs. I'm sure Pass It On was one of those songs, no doubt. And uh, Kumbaya and other songs like that. So I, w I was sitting out watching them, and after they finished, they went out and shared Christ with the tourists and with the business people that were in the Estes Park area in, in the late afternoon. So um, they invited me to go out to their campfire. And so there was about a dozen of them. So here I am, a, I was a, had just finished my freshman year in college. And uh, here I am around this campfire with these young people, younger than me. And so what they did around the campfire is they shared what they had prayed for that morning and how God had answered those prayers throughout the day. And so I'm standing back looking at this and my eyes got big as saucers. I'm sure my jaw dropped because I had never, ever heard or done anything like that. And I was, I thought I was a believer. And their faith was so real. And they were so in touch with God. So I went back to my cabinet, overlooked Estes Park, got out on my knees and said, Oh, God, I want my life to change. I need you more than anything. And I gave my heart to Christ. I began to read the Bible. I went over to the armory and uh, got a little serviceman's New Testament, began to read it and began to grow. And so that's a part, that was my initial step of surrender. Now, some of you have, a, have done a, a step, maybe not exactly like that, but similar where you've had a time where you've surrendered to the living God who gave his heart for you, who died on the cross, and now you can receive him and surrender to him. Some of you may have not, and this would be an incredible opportunity this week to settle that. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 1.9 that says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Christ Jesus our Lord. And I kind of hung my hat on that verse. Uh, in fact, that's one of the verses that Gene Moore uh, shared in that first message that I have, and that God has called me into fellowship. And my life began to change. Um, I was on the track team, and uh, we a lot of times had two workouts a day. We'd run six to eight miles every morning and then have uh, afternoon workout where we do interval stuff and uh, or get ready for meets or whatever. So uh, I had to be at the workout place where they started at 6.30. And uh, so I got up at 
as a student. And it's just what I did. And my life was incredibly full. You know, I hear people all the time and says, oh, I just don't have time to read the Bible. I, I'm thinking, really? You know, we always have time for the things we want to do and we feel are important to us. And uh, that's just what I did. And I started that uh, early in my sophomore year. And uh, I've read the Bible through, not every year, but most years since then. And uh, I can tell you, I look back on my life, the wonder of God speaking to me in his word has just been incredible. And uh, so I began to do that. Um, and I had to make some choices. There came a time where I felt God leading me away from track. It was paying my way through school. But for me to continue to grow and to get help in my own life, uh, I felt God leading me to give it up. And that was an incredibly hard decision because that had been my whole life, athletics, since I was little, playing baseball. And, uh, but I did. And I can tell you, if I had not made that decision, I would not be here today. And uh, there's a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 24 that says, He who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And I remember uh, after meeting with uh, the track coach and telling him that I felt I shouldn't be running anymore, I was probably too scared to say I felt God leading me, although I think I did actually, and he said, anytime you want to come back, we'd love to have you, Bob. But walking away from his office, giving up an education, uh, the money for the education, my parents didn't ever have enough money to, to give me any, and um, it was so hard. But that night, a friend of mine, Brett Yon, called me and said, he knew I was going to make the decision. He said, hey, could I take you out to McDonald's and buy you lunch the next day? And I said, yes, God provided. And so lunch in those days cost 60 cents, 20 cents for a shake, 20 cents for fries, and 20 cents for a burger. And, uh, but that was, could be some, one of the best 60 cents investments he'd ever made because it, it told me that God was going to, provide. And uh, so I had to surrender my heart. There's a verse in Hebrews 11:6 that says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God for he that comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so as a college student, uh, God will call you to love him and to trust him. And what a great way to really sink your teeth in, in that this, this week. Now, the second thing that I needed to grapple with in college, not only the story of, of surrender, but also what would I exchange my life for? And that's the story of vision and purpose. Um, I had nothing except try to graduate. I wasn't that great of a student, so that was a little iffy for a while. But 
I, I brought it together and graduated, but I, I didn't have anything to live for. There was no purpose, no dynamic, and I had to figure that out. What was, what was I going to give my life for that would last? And uh, the way God spoke to me was not only through Max when he came, he began to talk about uh, something called the Great Commission. And I'd never heard of it before. I'd never read the verses in, in Matthew 28. And then we had a, uh, he had a friend come through uh, that semester and, and sat down around a table with us. He opened his Bible, we opened ours, and he said, let me share with you a few verses that I really want you to hear. And he shared these verses in, in uh, uh, Matthew 28, if I can find them. Oh, uh, let's see, I'm losing my place here. Yeah, here it is. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority is given in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Here's the key. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And I had never, ever heard that before. And all of a sudden, uh, the purposes of God jumped on top of my shoulders. And I said, yes. And uh you know, it could be, and I, I would certainly believe it would be true that these college years will be transformational and you gaining a purpose for your life. I'm not talking about how you'll earn a living. You, some of you may be teachers or architects or nurses or building contractors or uh, who knows what all. I'm not talking necessarily about how you make money. I'm talking about what you're going to give your life to and for eternity to advance the kingdom of God. I, uh, I began to meet with a guy named Eddie Vinson and then Phil Pack and then Joe Cochran in my college years. And today, uh, well, not this day, but this past week, I've met with Dick. I met with Michael. He's a physician at Student Health. And... Uh, I met with Matt. I have to do that by Zoom because he lives in Pennsylvania. And I still do it. And, you know, I do all kinds of other things, but I still help make disciples because that's what God wants me to do. And I believe that's at least a part of his plan for you as well. Um, there's a verse in 1 Thessalonians 3.8 that says, For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. And you know, this was what really makes me alive. It did as a college student when I first began to do it, and it does today. And uh, I, within the past week, I've, I've connected with people in uh, China and uh, around the country uh, a couple, actually three people are alums that are going to Myanmar and a very tough place. And, you know, it's just a joy to see people, see people continue to walk with God and have a ministry. And that can be true with you if, if you'll let God's word touch you deeply.
Um, now, the third one is this. What areas of my life needed to change? And this is a story of choices. Every one of you will have a story of purpose, a story of surrender, and you're going to have a story of choices. It's just the way life works. Uh, you made a choice to be here this week. I think a incredibly good choice, but you could have done other things. And I, uh, the first verse uh, that I ever learned was 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. See, this is a verse about choices. Uh, we either choose to glorify God or we don't. And this is played out in um, well, so many things in college, that first big choice about whether I was going to continue to run. But in dating, uh, in dating standards, uh, my, my life was, as I began to get a handle on the kind of person I believe God wanted me to, to be, my whole chain, dating philosophy. In fact, I, I quit dating for a while. I, I needed to get away from it and uh, to reset the standards that I have. And, and some of you need to do that. And it could be this week, you need to think long and hard about your standards in dating. Or your other, some other choices too, some of you are battling with, with so many different things. And this week could be a time where you choose to, to face it deeply. You may need to talk to a staff person about it or a trusted friend and, and, and be honest and um, candid with them. And uh, there could be things so far under the rug that uh, God may want to expose and you'd have a, a choice either to just hang out with the gang this week and sing great worship songs and hear messages and be a part, you know, eating together and having fun together. Or you can choose to address something that desperately needs attention. <laughs> and uh, I've had to do that before. And if you're like me, you, you do too. Um, and then the last thing I want to share with you is that what place would meaningful friends have in your life? And this is a story of community. And uh, every one of you are having, has a story of community. It may be this, your story may be the lack of. But uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, but uh, this is an incredibly great opportunity for you to begin to get to know each other more deeply and more, more richly. Some of you grew up in homes, maybe your parents didn't have real close friends, and you didn't have real close friends. And uh, that probably needs to change. If you're going to be walking with God um, 50 years from now, if Jesus doesn't return, you're going to need people around your life. In 1965, I met a friend, Brett, that is 
One of my dearest friends today in 1966, I met Larry, who's also one of my best friends today. 1967, I met Jack, who's also one of my best friends today. We get together for a week every year, and uh, we laugh. We eat a lot of ice cream and pizza. We fish, and we go crazy laughing, but each of us takes about an hour and a half and shares our lives, and we're really, really candid with each other, and uh, we talk about where we are with God, where we are with our spouse and our children, and uh, the things we're struggling things with, the things we're having victory with, our celebrations, and... Uh, and then we pray for each other as we finish. But uh, I, I begin to meet friends that would have stood a lifetime with me. And uh, I believe it's likely God would, would want you to have those kind of friends. And it could be that these college years, not always, but you're in such a, a rich gold mine of relationships here. So if you're shy, if you're an introvert like me, uh, and you get energized by being alone, you can do it, because I can do it. And if I can do it, anyone can. And, um, you know, some of you may have easy to make friends, but your challenge is going to be going deeper with those friends, because on the surface, you have good conversations, and it comes easy, but to last for 50 years... It's going to be a challenge. You know, geography doesn't have to f affect friendship, and uh, it hasn't with me. You have to work at it a little harder. So uh, those are the four things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, they're, they're questions that I had to deal with, and uh, I believe you do. You know, what place would God have in my life that story of surrender, and uh, what what place what what would I exchange my life for? The story of purpose. Uh, what kinds of of uh, let's see where are my notes here? What areas of my life needed changing? And in the story of choices, and then of course, uh, what part would friends have in the story of community? And I think every one of you uh, needs to address these questions, maybe not all at the same time, but in your college career, uh, that's what I did. And, and I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would not be here today if I had not addressed those questions. And you're at the perfect age to begin to do that. So what I, my prayer for you is that you will have a blast this week, you will have fun, you will kick it up in the snow or throw pine combs at each other, whatever you do for fun. <laughs> but also, you will slow down enough to where you can think deeply about some of these things that are so critically important in your life. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the time to share with these students on this first evening. Uh, Lord, I know they come from different places and in different places spiritually, different places around the country. 
And, um, but I thank you we're together, and I believe that you've ordained it. And uh, just as we kicked off our time with some great music, and, and Lord, as some things I shared, Father, would you protect and seal the things you want the gang to remember, and they can forget the things that are not of you. But Lord, help us to have a life of surrender, a life of purpose, a life of godly choices, and a life rich with friends. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.